0: left my hydro flask in the freezer and it froze shut. I mm-hmm. vacuum sealed that drink. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go!
1: This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our Fearless Beer Review. We get into the vinyl stuff, stuff we picked up, stuff we've been listening to, stuff we're going to possibly purge. Uh, that leads into the songs of the week, and then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and five stars only. Please go do that. And uh, that's all I got for the boring intro. So let's get right into our Fearless Beer Review. What do you got? What do we have today, Jeff? I was trying Go. to get Old English, but the
0: the I guess the gas cage by my house didn't have it, so I had to settle for a, a Mickey's,
1: Mickey's Big Mouth. Yeah, Mickey's Mickey's uh, Mickey something. Sure, not <laughs> looking forward to this one though. Yeah, I got I got an Old English, um, eight hundred malt liquor, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it's in theme because of the album that we're doing today. So that's that's why I got this one. And uh, yeah, I haven't had an old, old English in at least 10 years. So I'm not really looking forward to this either. But uh, I guess we'll put it to bed at the, after this, you know, if, if we're ever going to drink this again. I
0: would never. So. I, I haven't had Mickey since we, I think since I turned 21. Like, why would I drink shit beer <laughs> when now that I'm 21 I can just buy nice beer? But who oh, knows? Maybe, man. Maybe, maybe it'll be good. Maybe I'll be coming back around again.
1: Yeah, maybe uh come, back, come back around, back around, around again. again. Did we just both sing rage? We yes, sir, we did. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. All right. Oh so I cracked mine open. You know, I, I don't dude, even want to smell it. I'm not even going to smell it. It just
0: mine. it smells warm.
1: Oh. It just God. smells
0: warm. Like it smells like it's been sitting in the sun for fucking 3 days.
1: Ooh, gosh, I'm not Well, yeah, I'm drinking mine out of the out of the can. So, um I just feel like it's going to be worse if I pour it into a glass. So, are you I don't know. Are you ready? No
0: matter what. I mean, it was only. It was only it's two was like beers, two seventy-five. It was. It was cheap.
1: Oh, mine not over here. This is like four fifty.
0: Damn. Yeah, mine was like yeah. two. I think it was two fifty plus tax. It was like two seventy-five or two eight or something like that.
1: Well, that's uh, it's Arizona that's, compared to Florida, right? That's a cheap dinner, uh, dude. Florida, fucking Arizona. You're in Florida now, California. That's cool, dude. I can't even. I don't know. What's pod talking's hard. Anyway, let's let's start. Let's start this. Okay, let's here go. We go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. I mean, eh. okay. All right. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna rate these beers based off of our world famous three point rating system. Where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer. You're gonna continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your Mickey's big mouth?
0: It's not. It's not nearly as disgusting as I thought it was gonna be. It's not good. I don't really enjoy this. I will probably mm. drink about half of it. And then drain, pour the rest as it warms even more, but it's not—it's <laughs> not gross. I'm not going to vomit. I'm not going to barf this up.
1: Okay, yeah, I feel the same way about mine, except mine doesn't have a lot of taste. I mine neither. There's really not what mine neither. Like I don't—I don't really get any kind of
0: anything. To be honest, I, I get like yeah. the, the malty kind of like aroma, but I don't get any. There's no bitterness. There's no fruit things going on it's just kind of like malt liquor but even like a like a like a light version of it
1: yeah it's there's almost like a bite at the end like a like you know when you drink vodka and you get that little like it's not even like a bite but it's like that flat that flat taste after you drink vodka like a shot of vodka yeah that's what i that's what i get from this old english at the end of it that flat taste but the beer is not flat um, but yeah, dude, there's not, there's really not much flavor here. Like when, when we did, fuck, a couple years ago, we, we both got, um, uh, what is it? The Miller High Lifes. Uh, and cool. that, that has a lot of flavor. I mean, it's not a good flavor, but it has a lot of flavor. It's, and that's what yeah. I was expecting with this old English. So, yeah, man, this is, uh, Okay, so what do you rate your Mickey's?
0: What do you rate your Mickey's? I don't even know because it's not gross or bad, but like I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't enjoy this. So I, I think like a one. <laughs> this is a one. Like you should definitely try this. Maybe yeah. even higher than a one because you should come back to it every maybe ten, fifteen years to see how much you've changed, how much the beer's changed, <laughs> whatever. Maybe it's not as gross to us as much as we thought it would be because we have a, a more appreciation for beer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we were, you know, 20, so. and, and, you know, all we had was we, we have four different kinds of beers under our belt at 20. So, <laughs> you know, this one's like the shittiest thing we've ever drank. But now we have like 4,000 beers under our belt. Maybe this is, I don't know, better.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not the worst beer I've had. Definitely not the worst beer. My old English. Um, what's the ABV on the Mickey's? It's like five and a half. Nothing. It's
0: garbage. Is it?
1: Yeah, mine's seven and a half. Worthless yeah mine's seven and a half but it says on beer advocate the old english is 5.9 so uh that's lying but um yeah i don't know i you know what i i do like about the old english i do like the label it's very like 60s 70s like orange couch brown couch like it's they never they never changed up the label and i like that i mean the old english label looks like looks like cigarettes yeah makes me think of cigarettes you know
0: it's like either somebody's putting their butts in there or you find it <laughs> like when you're walking home and somebody pissed in it and threw it in the bushes. Like that's, <laughs> that's all I like, equate that, that bottle
1: to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the E on the old, so like old with the E on it. So, yeah. so cheap. Who makes who makes Old English?
1: So I looked it up. Um, Miller brews both o- Old English and Mickey's. Yeah. So that's Miller. Dang, because yeah, um, Mickey's been around since the 60s. I'm sure this has too. Actually, I'm curious. When when did Old English? 1964. Yeah, so they probably started around the same time. Well, look at that. Yeah, I know the the liquor store by by my actual house. They have they have like the the 40 ounces of uh, of Old English Mickey's and all that shit. Oh. But it's they're plastic bottles. They're not even glass. <laughs> they're oh, fucking yeah. plastic. That, that's how you know it's good, baby. Plastic twist off bottles, man. It's funny because uh,
0: I'm, in, I'm in a more pre- predominantly like white area over here. So when I went to liquor yeah. store and I asked the guy at the Old English. He was like, no, like, we don't know. Nobody buys that here. And <laughs> so I was like, damn. So I had to settle for a Mickey's. But I, I do know that where I came from in Southern California, a little more diverse, that the liquor store just down the street from my house had a lot of various degrees of malt liquors available. Oh, yeah. The whole, bottom, just, the whole bottom row. It's always the bottom row. It's always the <laughs> yeah. bottom row, too. <laughs> Here, they just had Mickey's, uh, and then Steel Reserve, and then one other one, too. I can't remember Ooh, what it was. Yeah. King Cobra? No, no King Cobra.
1: Oh, man. That King Cobra. That's a beer that has a lot of flavor, but not good, like like the Miller High Life. <laughs> Ooh, man. Oh, and there was that. do you ever go to that bar um, uh, in Newport? Not Newport. Costa Mesa, where the, the lab was. You've been to the lab, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was that bar, and they had uh, King Cobras at the bar there. It was like a fancy bar, too, but you could buy a 40 of, of King Cobra for like $8 or something like that at the bar, and I did Just that once, and I drank stupid. the whole thing, and I was so sick.
0: That's disgusting. <laughs> the lab was so I, I So, like, I, I used to go there with, uh, with David. I don't remember his last name, but he, he looked like Falcor from from uh, Neverending Story. <laughs> yeah. Dave Bradley. David Bradley, yeah Yeah, and, and that was that was in a, a brief phase of mine When I was buying expensive clothes And I was buying these Not like Bathing Ape brand But expensive clothes like that Because yeah. he bought that stuff And like Onisuka Tigers You know, $150 pair of shoes And the lab was, was like the last time I, I bought a nice piece of clothing Because it's like the anti-mall right? Mm-hmm. It's like a mall for yeah. people that hate malls But it's
1: across the street from actually a nice mall And the lab was just right. The lab's dumb it was, place. yeah, it is stupid. You know, it just being a hyper local podcast right now, but that's fine. Um, but damn, yeah, there was like maybe a year or two where you dressed like kind of fancy. Yeah. Kind of fancy. It man. Was, you, yeah. dre- you wore nicer clothes, shoes. And yeah, it was there, was, when, there was that time.
0: It was when I started serving instead of being a busser at the restaurant. I think it was, it had to been Friday's, like the tail end of my Friday's days before I went to Dave and Buster's. So, like, as a buster, I'm making, you know, 80 bucks a night. Now I'm serving, and I'm making almost $200 a night mm-hmm. and still living at home. So I'm working four or five days a week. I'm making, you know, $500 a week just in untaxed tips. Oh, I claimed all those tips there, dude. Hold on.
1: I <laughs> don't <laughs> watch what you say, dude. Well, oh, I've claimed all my tips listening. there, dude. They're listening, dude. Yeah,
0: I think it just, it's just a surplus of money, and then I thought, oh, I might as well buy nice clothes, and I hated every moment of it. <laughs>
1: Oh man, that's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's. Uh, oh, I give I give my old English a one out of three as well. Just try it once. Just say you have. Now I'm curious. Skip yeah. is uh, are these two beers in Britland? I need to know. Old and if English. they are, have you had the Old English? It's kind of old. funny that it is Old English, but I'm curious if it's even over there.
0: Probably or what is, is what is like the 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 Britland equivalent of shitty kind of like low tier. Working class malt liquor.
1: Stella. Isn't that the wife beater beer or something like that? Oh yeah, that's what he said. The wife (laughs) beater beer. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Was he saying like wife beater, like like whoever it was like beat their wife or just the clothing article? That's what we call like tank tops as wife beaters because
1: No, it was literally like beating your wife. Oh, well that's not that funny. So Yeah. (laughs) Ruin that mood. all right seriously all right let's move on let's move on to vinyl stuff stuff we've listened to stuff we picked up stuff we're gonna purge maybe i don't know so what do you got jeff go this is all i, I pretty
0: much went through almost all of my my dead family stuff in the past two weeks since we kind of like laid on the pod a couple of times um, but yeah i've listened to pretty much everything i have including side projects live stuff and so what I did was I just went through all my, all the studio albums and I just picked a song
1: for you to listen to yeah. and, uh, yeah, here we go. You ready? Oh yeah. And, and actually while you're listening to the podcast, if you want to listen to the songs as we talk about them, um, there is a link to the Spotify playlist in the description of this episode. So you could go to that listen to the song, pick up where you left off on the pod if you want to follow along. So go do that, but let's go with your Grateful Dead.
0: And I'll just... Uh, there's 10 of them. They have more than 10 albums, but the other ones I just don't like, even less than some of these ones. So I'll just give a couple sentences. That's it. If you, wanted, if you want to know more, if you have any questions, you can ask me. We'll go into it. Otherwise... <laughs> if you have any questions. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you let me know. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. they're self-titled Dead, Grateful Dead, Grateful Deads. Their first album, mm-hmm. 1967. This was an album that was sort of a compromise from what the dead wanted and what Warner Brothers thought would sell. So like the bones are here, but there's just not... Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of meat. It's very, very lean. These songs, they want them to be longer. They want them to be more experimental, but Warner Brothers was like, "Nah, ain't gonna happen."
1: Is that the cold rain and snow? That one? That was no, no. Wait, no, that song? No. no, yeah, it was. So, are yeah. you going in order of the playlist right now?
0: Yeah, which okay. is also the order of their releases. So yeah, cold, oh, it is okay. Cold
1: rain and snow was
0: from their first one. That song was, should have been longer they've done it longer, but
1: that the the version that you heard would be two and a half minutes so I going through because I listened to like the first four songs in their entirety, and then at that point I just after that I just started skimming through the songs, but I actually kind of really liked the first two songs on here oh so my cold God. Ra- cold rain and snow, and then the that's it for the other one parts one through four okay I okay. actually kind of I kind of liked it I mean okay, okay Jerry's okay. vocals didn't they weren't as grating to me as they normally are um but there are some good guitar moments man and and skimming through some of it i don't know i i'm not becoming a dead man a dead man i'm not getting to that point yet but there's it's growing a little bit there, there's the seeds growing a little bit so
0: getting a little more a little more appreciative
1: yeah I, that's a better way of putting it yeah a little more appreciative of that of the, dude, of that first album so dad. goddamn good it's just so fucking perfect it's such a
0: like you could tell, they tried to make like this pop rock album of the late sixties. You know that, that was trying to like compete with like the Hendrixes because that stuff kind of poppy. But you could you could clearly hear these guys were just LSD taking psychedelic kids that wanted them just to write the craziest fucking shit. But you know, <laughs> Warner Brothers is like, no fucking way, that's gonna happen. No way. <laughs> so I, I like it's that. True, I, I really like the first album. I have I have an OG first press of it. Jack is Damn. really beat up. With the vinyl, plays plays quiet and nice just want to throw that out there so yeah uh second album anthem of the sun 1968 i think this is kind of like their true first album this one is at their most experimental i think they've ever been the way they cut this record is just absolutely fucking ridiculous and just shows like how much they just love to do their own thing and don't fucking care because half of this album is taken from like studio recordings and the other half is taken from live recordings that they were doing at the time they've already started to get you know Promotional things and, and go on tour a lot, and their people loved them. And so they're cutting tapes from the live performances and splicing them in with studio performances because they like certain aspects better than the other one. But then the studio wouldn't really pay them, or, or the label wouldn't pay them enough money to go into the studio for a proper record and you know, spend you know five hundred hours or whatever they wanted in there. So that mm-hmm. was uh that was Anthem of the Sun. And then you
1: did like you said you liked the first two songs. Right, so you also the liked this first, one, the first three. I, I, well, the first two I liked. More than the rest But the third one was good too The uh, Dupree's Diamond Diamond Blues
0: Yeah yeah. I think for this one I chose That's It That's It for the other one Right? Like Seven Minutes Yeah,
1: yeah, that one Yeah, it's a longer song
0: So, so like this one's cool And like the more you get into the dead The more you can kind of tell What's going on here So th- this this one is like Four different parts to it And each part was written by Kind of a different person in the band and And kind of presents a different Part of the band So two of the parts are instrumentals but it kind of goes from, from a Jerry Garcia, kind of like his typical style. And then it goes into like a more bluesy thing that was written for some of the more bluesy guys, including Bob Weir. And then it goes into more of like a drum-focused, but also still melodic thing. And it, this one's really cool. I love it. I love this album so much. I think it's fantastic. Check it mm-hmm. out. Yeah, okay. Third album, Oxo Moxola. This is the first album that I listened to by the dead. Because that's when my mom gave me uh, the records from her friend that I subsequently died, I think. This was the this yeah. is what this is what started for me like, this is what got me into the dead this is the first thing I heard because the cover's fucking cool and I was like what the hell is Oxo Moxo? I mean it doesn't mean anything. It's just one of those words that spelled the same forward and backwards and it sounds cool and <laughs> looks cool and fucking cool I don't know but this is uh this is <laughs> this is them at like their full their full psych like, psych sound they just went full send with it but there's a lot of playfulness here. These guys just mesh incredibly well now at this point. They got another songwriter to help pull everything together and I think it sounds this sounds perfect absolutely perfect ah uh, that's every way shape
1: and form believe mm. it mm. okay
0: so, I guess you I know like I, it. I, that's okay
1: so which one because i've listened to several live records of theirs and they're fine they're just it's i don't know i nothing's connected with me i have listened to oxo Moxa, whatever, whatever that stupid record's called. Oh, or no, no, I've listened to Working Man's Dead. I've listened to that one. I know you don't like that one. I didn't like that one. So what would you recommend? This one, listen, listen to, this to this one. Listen to this one, listen to Anthem of the Sun. Oxo Moxa or whatever? Oxo Moxoa.
0: Listen Oxo to this Moxa. one. Oxo Moxoa. Listen to Anthem of the Sun, and then the listen to Live Dead. Live Dead was but their first. Lyric. Yeah. But like, I think if you listen to Anthem of the Sun, Oxo Moxoa, because Live Dead came after Oxo Moxoa, and that was like their first... Official live released album, and it did so well. And that's that's when we hear Dark Star kind of for like the first time on on record. Um, and it takes up it's a 25 minute song, it takes the entire side of the record. And it's just you, like, there you can hear them play, you can go in and out of what they're doing, and you can kind of tell at some points they want to go a little bit faster, a little bit slower. And so, you hear like Phil Lesh kind of like go a little bit quicker on the bass, but then stop. And then you'll hear like Jerry go a little bit quicker on the guitar, and then you're like, okay, now they know. They both know exactly where they're going, and then they'll do it. It's just, dude, it's unfucking real. Like, it's unreal. All in the course of like six seconds, they do this.
1: Okay. All That's right.
0: good shit. Good, good shit. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, dude, I'm just getting excited just talking about it here. I might do it all <laughs> again. I might go through the, all my dead stuff don't again. It. Don't, oh, my don't God. Do it. I listen to so much. It's crazy. <laughs> There was a point, too, I was like, God, I'm listening to a lot of fucking Grateful Dead shit. Should I stop? <laughs> nah. Then I was playing Zelda, too. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Working Man's Dead. This is the one you just don't like. This is my personal yeah. favorite record by them. Um, this is, what is this, 1970. They're fourth out 1970. Uh, they they, they, they recorded this in nine days, and it was just it was just kicking it back to where the dead came from prior to even their first. Like These these guys came from the Americana folk scene. This is just easy peasy. Just great fucking songs.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. One of the biggest songs, Casey Jones is from this, right? Riding that train, I uncle King. Like, everyone knows that fucking song. That's a good song. I don't know that song. Yeah, you do.
1: I don't know that song.
0: You 100% I, do know that song. I even had this album and I purchased it was I know that's stupid. I think you got it for like a dollar too, like something. So I know cheap. It was so cheap, so annoying. no,
1: no. You're thinking of the live record from Nichols. You get that that's for seven dollars. That's true. Well, you got me the Working Man's Dead. I one. think I just gave you this one because I wanted you I to think listen to it so yeah. bad.
0: come <laughs> no all right. Well, you know that's also a perfect record, but that's fine. Uh, the next one, American Beauty, their fifth one. This is kind of furthering the Americana sound. This one's got way more harms than Working Man's Dead. And is just kind of focused more on the writing and just like like writing more melodic songs. But these songs are essentially as catchy as Casey Jones, which is more complex instrumentals. And this is the last album to feature. Pigpen, one of the original members who died a couple of years after this. He was and the he, drummer, brought, right? he was uh he was like the harmonica player. Thing, oh, but okay, but he was mind. like the blues guy. He brought so much blues to this band. And after he was gone, they really never, they really never got back to kind of like this era of the dead. And most people think. I don't, but most people think that Working Man's Dead and American Beauty—that is the golden year or two for the Dead. Like that is them at their best. While it's really, really good, I, I think. I think like instrumental-wise, they peaked <coughs> in the late '70s, early '80s. I think they finally knew what they were doing. They meshed well. They cut down the drugs a lot, so that was like instrumental-wise their best. But this era of the Dead's just songwriting is fantastic. Really good. <laughs>
1: So sorry, I was sorry. Okay. I was trying to. My mic was doing something weird, so I had to. my doing something it. weird. I, I don't know which one, I,
0: which one did I. I picked trucking on this one, right? Truck. Uh, she's drunkin' Yeah, trucking
1: on this one. That one's sung by by Bob Weir. That sounds so good. It was good. It was. I mean, I that was one of the songs I skimmed through. That's okay. All right. That's fine. It was good. It was good. Okay. Moving on. There was nothing. There was nothing bad about any of these songs. It's just, I don't know if I would ever really go back to any of them.
0: It's a band, like, you really, like, you just can't get on the first try. You just, you, you can't. There's too much here. The Honestly, there's just too much here. And even, like, now, like I'm not that big of a deadhead. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. But every time I listen to some of these, especially the live ones, there's, like, oh, shit, I never even fucking heard that before. That's weird. Can't believe they did that. <laughs> and now I'm getting more familiar with these songs. So now when I, when I listen to different live recordings of them and they do something different... I'm anticipating a certain transition or I'm anticipating a certain solo to go somewhere and it goes something, someplace like completely different. I'm like, oh, th- dude, this is amazing. This is cool. I like it. Okay. All right. And I got a lot. Wake of the Flood, the sixth <laughs> album, 1973. This is the first album without Pigpen. But now we have Keith and Donna, God Cho. these two people. Keith, is they're, they're very, this is very jazz influenced. A lot of keyboards. I purchased one. I just don't like it. I think it's too. I think it's too jazzy in a way that I just don't want to hear. And there should be people singing.
1: I don't want. This is this meet. the the Here Comes the Sunshine?
0: Oh yeah, Here Comes Sunshine. Yeah, that okay. that's the only song on this album that I think is even even like worth it for me. I do I do like it, but it's kind of fucking goofy. It's
1: cool cover though. I do like that cover.
0: The like the the farmer pulling weed or what the fuck he's doing.
1: Yeah, but like I, the background, the font, the colors. I like that. I do like that one. It's 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 all right. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I purchased right. one. I don't like it.
0: From the Mars Hotel, seventh, nineteen seventy four. This is uh this is the beginning of the Wall of Sound era, dude. This this whole Wall of Sound thing is just bonkers for this band. This band has so many dumb things about them. I love it, but the Wall of Sound was was just just it is a wall of speakers, amplifiers, speakers, just to be as loud as fucking possible. And and their their sound guy, one of their sound guys, Bear Ozley. <coughs> One of the biggest suppliers of LSD in the West Coast, he uh, he would make it so that Phil Lesh's bass, each string, was hooked up to a different amplifier. So his bass had four different amplifiers for each string. Insane.
1: (laughs) That's ridiculous. It was all
0: going into like a separate set of speakers. So like each amplifier was into like two or three different speakers for one string. So it just Phil alone had like fucking nine or twelve speakers (laughs) just for him. (laughs) Just to get a sound, and I, dude, it's just—I don't know, like how much it made a difference in the sound quality,
1: but that's cool. I love that. I would imagine it would be—it would make the sound quality worse. I mean, right? You, like I,
0: it, I, it, I listened to a lot of bootlegs from this era. People like, because okay, the dead were, were very open. Like, hey, if you want to record us, you can plug in. We'll have a separate like a uh, uh, mixer that fans can just plug into. And then just, you know, share it with each other. And the dead were very open about it. And I've heard I've heard a lot of bootlegs from this era. Damn, they sound good. Like, you hear live recordings sometimes that are untouched up and it just sounds like complete shit, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: even even when they're kind of professionally done, like, they're always getting touched up. But you hear just unencumbered bootlegs from this era, and it's just like, dude, that sounds fucking good. So, for whatever that's worth. But this one has uh, Scarlet Begonias on it, right? You know Scarlet mm-hmm. Begonias. I don't know that song, no. Oh my God! Duh. I don't know it. I'm not. Dude, I, how do you know? Not. Do you know
1: anything? I know nothing. Dude, Sublime did a nothing. fucking
0: cover of it. Really? What? What album? it. You didn't even fucking listen to this stuff. That's what happened here. You got caught oh, I listening s- I, to them. I,
1: no, I already told you. I skimmed through, like the last five songs, four or five songs. It Was on the Forty Ounces of Freedom. That's what. That's what, that's what, that's when they did it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. My least favorite Sublime record too. So oh. there's that.
0: It's still perfect, but that's fine.
1: Well, that's true, it is. All right, so whatever. Blues for Allah, <laughs> their, their eighth <laughs> one. i going to.
0: Dude, their eighth record. The, only, the first record came out in 1967. We're already at 1975. They have eight records down and, like, a shit ton of live stuff. So the eighth record, this has my favorite Dead song, Crazy Fingers. That's the one I put on their playlist for you to listen to. I've That is bar none. Hands down my favorite De- Grateful Dead song. I love it. But this album's cool because it's, it's, there's a bunch of, like, instrumentals here a lot of it's inspired by like middle eastern themes and tones so it's not quite in the front but the more you listen to it and kind of pick up on on things you say oh yeah this one is based off of this kind of like middle eastern scale and you can hear it like Miserloo, that dick dale song that's that's like a middle Mm -hmm. eastern scale but that's like right in the front like you know what the sound is
1: here they're buried a little bit a little more complex a little more nuanced so all this all this talking about the grateful dead I want to go back and listen to all this. Like I want to go back, re-listen to the podcast and listen to these songs because I didn't have enough time to listen to them today. You gave me this playlist. That's true. Like I give it to two you two hours before we started the podcast you a and three hour playlist,
0: two hours before we did it.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's, well, it's 45 minutes, but that's fine. I get you. I get what you're doing. Um, it's to be helpful to you. But, okay. I know, but anyway, whatever. Um, I do, I do want to check out these songs and dive deeper into them because you put them on here for a reason. And I will take a deeper dive into it this week.
0: I really do like. I, God, man, I just every time I listen to this band, I just love them even more.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, that's fun. it's good. I'm glad. Next one, it's like, me, it's like me with the Smashing Pumpkins. Every time I listen to them, I just I I like them more and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's some poser words, dude. <laughs> Ter- Ter- Terrapin Station, their ninth <laughs> album, 1977. I purged uh. this one too. People love this fucking album so much. I I don't I don't quite get it. I, this is uh, they use a lot of horns and orchestral stuff on this one. Mm. They just don't need it. They have two fucking drummers, right? Two guitarists, bass player. Like there's a whole whole lot of sound going on. You don't need more fucking people here. You already have a full stage. There's no room to walk around. So I don't know why they're doing this. This just sounds very prog rock of this era, but not like not like the cool prog rock. This is like a little bit more obnoxious, jazzier kind of prog rock. It's like, eh. Okay. Eh, I don't care. Purge I've it.
1: seen this record several times in the wild. It's always like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, I've, I've seen this one quite a bit with the turtles and the train station.
0: It's a cool cover. I like it. It's goofy, silly. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. It's um, better.
0: Shakedown Street, this is the last one I'll talk about. They do have other ones after this, but I don't care. But Shakedown Street, this is their tenth album, nineteen seventy-eight. This one gets made fun of a lot because uh so like there's funk here, there's some pop rock here, there's some like roots rock stuff, but essentially this is their disco album. And uh. I like it. I do I do like <laughs> me some disco. So I do I do like this one. I like this one a lot.
1: <laughs> God damn. I mean, this always do, gets like, like
0: shitty reviews and like lists of their best albums. This one is never, ever in like the top fucking seven or eight because disco sucks, dude. It's it's like it's just not good. You got to You can't. So like it's not a disco album. It's just a very disco inspired album. There's no, a I, lot I of disco understand. beats here. And like your favorite song of all time, dude, is kind of a I disco know, it's song. A disco
1: beat. I know. I know. So like
0: when you do it, when you incorporate disco, that's fucking cool. But you it can't can be, be really cool. But you can't be disco. <laughs> and that's okay. it that was that was ten that was ten records they do have that was ten records they do have you know go to heaven and then they have uh in the dark, which has touch of gray their most popular song and then they have the Dylan and the Dead and then without a net I think Or built to last I don't remember the other ones I don't have them though. I will say that Bob Dylan and the, and the Grateful Dead uh, matchup was mm. fucking terrible.
1: Oh, it was so bad. That was the was that a bootleg, right?
0: No, that was that was a release.
1: What? Oh, okay, yeah, that, that sounds terrible. That sounds it horrendous.
0: Was, some of dude, some of the tracks were it's, a, it's it's like a live thing they did. Some of the tracks were recorded at the, at the Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium. In oh, like the eighties.
1: That's weird. Oh, and it's like they it, neither of them were really in their prime. Yeah. so that's, No. Yeah, that's not. That sounds really lame. It was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, that so was it. All you dude. Look at that.
0: The Grateful Dead in in fifteen minutes. Grateful wow. Dad. Grateful Dad. My mom is Grateful Dad.
1: Okay, it's it for the Grateful Dad, and um, I'm mm. going to say right now, I'm not going to finish this old English. I'm going to put it I, away. I was just thinking that too. Wait, what do you mean to put it away? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm not going to put it away. I put some saran it. wrap on it and put it back in the fridge. Um, but no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm just done with the makeys. I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. Like, I want something. Yeah. Like, We're doing a
0: pot. I don't want to fucking choke this down.
1: Exactly. I, I, I got, good. I got almost halfway through and I just, I don't, I'd rather drink a buddy. I got some buddies here. So that's what I'm going to drink and I'm going to try to have a good time doing that. So goodbye, old English. Hello, Budweiser. It's been fun. My old friend. So. Anyway, real, let's move on.
0: Fun. What? It's been real. It's been fun, but it has not eh, been real fun.
1: It's oh, it's eh, that's true, that's true. The okay. That fun, anyway, huh? okay. Anyway, oh and two. Oh, don't do so, me. my I got three things here, including oh. my pick of the week, and we'll start with uh, a seven-inch I got this week from Blink One Eighty Two. I got they came to conquer Uranus. Uh, this is their second EP from nineteen ninety-six. Uh. That's what it's what it says on discogs and uh on. Oh, there's no wiki for it, so it only says it on discogs. But then, if you look on the seven inch on the back, it says 1995. So I'm a little confused. Uh, picked up the seven inch on discogs, and um, it was the cheapest I've actually ever seen it. Twenty bucks plus shipping and, and tax. Steal. But the guy ended up. But the guy ended up refunding me the shipping and tax because he said he he thought he was a couple days late shipping it, and I didn't argue with him. So. He refunded me, so I paid twenty bucks flat for it. Perfect, um, cool little gray silver variant. Great condition. I mean, there's no issues with the the little jacket that it comes in. The record plays through flawlessly. No no surface noise from what I heard. I, and I played it pretty loud too. And um, no, it's solid, man. I mean, the song "Waggy," you know, it, that was on Dude Ranch. Uh, the other two songs, "Wrecked Him" and "Zulu," are only on this EP, and they're good songs. I wouldn't say they're like. Not even top thirty or forty blink songs, but
0: Zulu was definitely not a top thirty or forty yeah, blink
1: it, song. It, it's not, but they're still good, and it's cool to have this. My blink collection is almost complete. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Um, Yeah, and if you don't know, I mean, this is like in between Cheshire Cat and Dude Ranch, and uh, it's it's it has that kind of rawness of Cheshire, but a little bit more focus of like Dude Ranch. It's 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 really you could tell it's the EP between it like. It's like I would almost compare it to like all hollows, all hollows EP from AFI, like that transition yeah. into our outside of Black Sales into uh, Art of Drowning. It's perfect, perfect.
0: Good about it. It's good. I, um, would, I would buy it if I saw it for that cheap. I would have bought it.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. So this has been on my one list forever, and um, or since we started collecting, I think it's been on my one list. There's I've so never many seen a fucking it different this long.
0: variants too of that thing.
1: Yeah, there's like thirty different variants. It's stupid. But they're never; none of them are ever cheap. So, there you go. Got it. Stoked about it. Um, the next thing I got here is uh, the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Uh, their second album, South of Reality. I have their first record already. Uh, pick this one up from Double Nichols out in Arizona when I was in Arizona last week, two weeks ago. Whenever I was out there, mm-hmm. and uh, good price, cheaper there than it is on Discogs. What is his name, Mike at Nichols
0: As always, baby, Mike he man, he Mike. fucking
1: he hooks it up. He, I don't know why he prices everything as low as he does, but I love it. Not complaining at all. Um, and I've always, I've always thought their first record, the Monolith, of Phobos, their first record is much better. But listening to this record again for the first time in a long time. Um this record's fucking solid. It is really good. There's some really cool moments on this record. I think I put what song did i put did, did, did I I, I don't know. to make it was it? like some fucking 8 minute song. <laughs> it was it was like a long. I think it was Amethyst Amethyst whatever. I don't remember the yeah. name of the song. But um yeah, so got that one. <laughs> Great record. There's some ring wear on it, but fuck, who cares? And it's a really cool variant too. It's like this this like four colored splatter it it's like it's like a perfect variant for this record all different colors it's uh it's fucking rad so got that one um and then the last thing here you picked this up for me from uh your guys at uh your guy and gal at uh rock this town records mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the new Avenged sevenfold record life is but a dream and at this point this is my album of the year like this record <laughs> this record is phenomenal it is man i i never i have i never get tired of it i've listened to this record probably a dozen times since it came out and i i have not got tired of it like it's still so exciting it's like it's it's a i don't want to say it's a perfect like prog metal album but it's damn close it's damn close i mean you you're going one way and then on on a dime and they just switch to something else and you're like dude why what the fuck just happened but it worked perfectly
0: well, even, even just after this song, he starts to sing, and it's like typically that's the type of singing that we fucking hate and can't stand because it sounds like shit, and it's really not that good, but he kind of embraces like the campiness
1: of it. Yeah. And I I like that. That's cool. It's a good record. It's a really good record. Yeah, so I what, what did I make you listen to? I don't even actually find the place. G, U, yeah. Yeah, G. That no, was the, G. God. Yeah, it's one of the later songs on the record. But yeah, this is it's uh, it's all over the place, man. It's uh, you definitely got like you have to give this record multiple listens to really absorb what's going on because it is it's just it's more layered than I I, than most people would give them credit for. I feel so.
0: You also didn't ask me what I thought about the the Claypool song. So that's That's true.
1: I didn't. So what did you think of it? It's too long and
0: boring. Nothing happened. (laughs) That's it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't. That's I fine. don't. I well, I don't get that. I don't understand. But see, n-
1: not all, not all of their songs sound like that. It's just one of their slower ones. There are like faster, a bit heavier psychedelic songs on the record too. We
0: don't have to be. You, you can still be slow and and go someplace. I just don't think it went anywhere. I don't think nothing. It, okay. Nothing really happened.
1: That's fine. That's fine. So I don't know. Whatever. Okay. It's no. it's good. Avenged Sevenfold. You bought this on vinyl too. I know you really like this record. it's fucking good it sounds so good
0: when you played it like loud it's just so obnoxious i love it
1: what what i love about this record and then the last record too this i think their last record was called the stage and that was the first one they did with brooks wackerman um and the the production and the mix on these two records is so different than other rock and metal records that have come out over the last like i would say almost i would say 10 years because ev- you could hear everything so perfectly, so crisp. There's so much room, if that makes sense. Like it's the this record and the stage. There's n- there's never like a wall of sound. There's never just like where the snare takes up the entire the entirety of the the song or the kick drum takes up the entirety of the song. Much like a lot of metalcore bands sound like right now, especially like Atreyu. Like modern Atreyu is hot garbage. It's fucking terrible. And and it's because I feel just the mix and the production is just so electronic and fake sounding and just oh it's gross. But I love the sounds on this record. I think Brooks' snare drum on this, the crack on it, is almost perfect. Chef's it's kiss. good I, It's I, fucking
0: I, great, man. I think they they fully embrace kind of like the goofiness of, which even I don't think they actually do. I think. I, I don't know. I don't know. After, after seeing the poster that they sent to <laughs> yeah. us from the from the from the record label, and they're all standing outside in jeans, shirtless, <laughs> and it's just nobody's smiling. It doesn't look like it's it's supposed to be campy <laughs> and goofy. I, I don't think fucking it is. know, dude. I don't even I, know.
1: I think they're. I think they've become a band over the last several several years where they've they've embraced the goofiness of what they used to do. Like now, it's just it's become this kind of satire of of the of the scene of the old scene or of just metal metal in general because metal's so serious so i feel like i think i think they're they're fucking around i don't think they're being serious
0: i i hope they're fucking around because they are fucking around and then he's made a perfect fucking around album
1: <laughs> yes yeah, seriously this is uh this is something special and i will say it and i don't give a fuck brooks wackerman his drumming with this band is better than the rev on those first four or five records, Brooks is a better drummer, both I think technically and also from a songwriting perspective. I think Brooks is a better a better drummer than the Rev was, and the Rev was fucking amazing. Okay. But damn, dude, Brooks kills it. And this is this is hands down my favorite Avenge record. Like this this record is so fucking good. Okay. So okay, okay. go check it out. The Rev has or songwriting go- credits on this on this album too. Brooks
0: does. No, uh, the Rev.
1: Oh, he does. I did read that, huh? Was yeah. it this record? I thought it was yeah.
0: the stage. Okay. No, it was, it was life. life is But a Dream.
1: Dumb album oh. title, too. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> the cover is really cool, though. I really like the cover. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. That's all I got for the vinyls. Yeah. Um. So there's a few song. No albums came out this week that I feel are worth talking about. Um, but some songs I do want to talk about. Um This first one here, I I kind of even want to play it on the pod. I'm not going to play it on the podcast. Can't play on the podcast, That's so else we get in trouble. I know, but this band is. They're, they're such a small band. They're like not, not even signed. But so, I, but rules, anyway, I'm not going to play.
0: Rules it. are rules, Tyler. Rules are not rules meant are to rules. Be broken.
1: That's true. That's true. So this band, I think I discovered them on TikTok. Uh, they're called Winona Fighter, and uh there's this song is called Hams in a Glass, like Hams Beer, H A M M S. Hams in a glass. They're they a young group, um, probably early early twenties. Um, they have one EP out and this song, and uh, this song. Oh my god, dude! This I I am so obsessed with this song right now. It's it's fucking great. It was it was something else
0: for sure. It did my uh, god. It took me. It, it hit me off. It caught me off guard the first time. I was like, I don't know if I fucking like this. It's weird. I, but I kind of mm-hmm. like it. I don't know. And the more you listen to it, the more you realize that it's not just like good. It actually is like
1: really, really great. It's wild. It
0: it's fucking wild.
1: It is, man. It, like the guitar riff isn't like anything crazy, but it's really good. It's a like, really good driving riff. The The background vocals, the harmonizing, because she has like the lead singer, she has kind of like obviously a little bit higher of a voice. And then the guys in the band bring that deeper sound. So they're harmonizing is I think it's perfect for her, absolutely perfect, and the chorus is so fucking catchy. That breakdown, I think that's one of the coolest. I just love that breakdown so much. I, she's I so just, aggressive too in there too. She is.
0: She's just She's so aggressive,
1: and just it because she's built. It's it's that very very short build that she does. Which say I'm like I'm not. What did she say? I'm not okay or. Mm. Uh, just what like, is she?
0: It starts off slow, right? It's like do do. yeah
1: (coughs) so so she builds a little bit and then she kind of like screams a little bit and then there's this pause no music and then she just lets out this like so such a pissed off scream but it's really quick it's like i can't even explain it it's just it's perfect it's absolutely fucking perfect the passion in the song they they just they absolutely nailed it it just sounds so pure and just so like they didn't fuss over this song it's it's incredible and i and i looked this band up like live videos and shit and dude their live shows look like a blast you know they're they're playing like these little festivals like south by southwest and shit like that like in the smaller tents and like people are showing up and packing these tents and they're just kind of they're going nuts the crowd is going nuts not like turnstile crazy but but dude it just i would love to go see them like if they come by orange county here i'm definitely gonna go see them I'm really impressed by just this song. Yeah, I would, I would, so, I would see them too. Like the the EP has like three songs, I think, and the songs are fine. Those songs are they're fine, but this song "Hams in a Glass" just takes it to another level, and I I cannot sing its praises more. It's it's fucking incredible. Everybody, go listen to it. Winona good. Fighter, Hams in a Glass. Good. Get into it. TikTok TikTok has brought me some cool bands, so. TikTok um, is good. TikTok is TikTok probably is the, the best thing that's happened to our our society in a long time. True. I know. Yep. God is good. God is good. Um, so this next band come from the, the island of Australia, and uh, they're called Clowns. We've talked about them many times on the pod. We talked them out about them a couple weeks ago. They, uh, they put out a single a couple weeks ago and just this week as well. This new one is called Bisexual Awakening. I think the new record comes out in September um this is a band i've been following for years i heard about these guys on um the punk news podcast ricky frankel brought them to the podcast years ago and um yeah they're just a good hardcore band hardcore kind of metal band and this song's good i did like this one a lot the last one formaldehyde i thought was a better song but this one was solid so i'm excited for the new record this is uh
0: this is like like when we talk about really good like filler like this is like really, really good filler. And like you, like you need yeah. really good filler. Like not, not, not everything's gonna be a banger, right? But like a really good filler track like makes or break albums.
1: You're right. That's good. This is really good yeah. filler. That's what, that's what this song is, yes. So get into that. Go check it out. Uh, this next one comes from our boys in Bullets and Octane. Dude. It's called <laughs> Drunk Pirate's Holiday. So their last song I actually really liked. Their last new song was really good. This one is trash. <laughs> it's this is, so this
0: bad. Is, this is a joke. This can't be this fucking This is embarrassing.
1: Real. This is embarrassing. It
0: yeah. starts off with a song they've already done.
1: Yeah. That's how pirates. they start
0: this fucking song. And then they incorporate that, that song done. again
1: later on in the chorus. Yes. like that's, This has got to be a joke. The chorus is, is just, it's terrible. The lyrics are horrendous. It's just not a good song. It's not a good song. This Did you bad. watch the video? No. Oh, I mean, my God. <laughs> see, I... I heard the song and watched the video at the, like for the first time, you know. And watching it and hearing it at the same time was just, oh my god, dude, it's bad. He's still shirtless. Bad. No, he's not shirtless. No, That's he's good. not. Okay, but um, yeah, dude, it's not. It's not a good song. But go check it out. Let us know what you think. The song's um, terrible,
0: dude. The song is awful.
1: Yeah, I know. So these next two songs I just put on here because they kind of showed up in my new releases, and I thought they were pretty cool. And Boris, I've I've talked about on the podcast before. They're these I think they're Japanese and they put out like a lot of yeah. weird Yeah, they put out a lot of different styles of music, almost like King Gizzard, but not as prolific. Um and they put out a song called Nineteen Seventy, and I, I think this song was killer. I don't know how you felt about it, but it was fine. It was fine. I thought it was really good. It was it. Uh, yeah, it was fine. So go check that one out. They're a cool band. If, if you read about them, they have a kind of a cool little history. And I, I just like how they just take. They just don't care. They'll, they'll just kind of make music when they want, however they want. They don't, have like, they don't have like any sort of agenda or anything like that. So they're cool. Boris, check them out. And this last one was kind of the same thing. It was on my new releases. And I, I liked it. it it's it's a, from a band called Wind Fuzz, Wild Fuzz Trip. Yeah, Wild Fuzz Trip. The song is called Jimbo Stone. It's like a 13-minute song. They don't have very many songs on Spotify. Or they have one album, I think, and then just random singles. But uh, it's kind of a very fuzzy-sounding song. I liked it. I thought you might like it, so that's why I put it on here, too.
0: I like this one definitely more than the Boris song. Mm. And this was good. I, I like that they're just drawing this out. I mean, yeah, you need a good It's a riff. good drawn-out song. If you can get a good riff, then you can make a 10-minute, you know, dark heavy ass fuzz song and that's fine and this one had a good riff
1: Mm -hmm. i liked it it was cool exactly love it so it was cool cool artwork too really cool artwork so um yeah wild fuzz trip check it out in the the playlist in the description of the podcast it's called jimbo stone and um that's all i got for new music you got anything else
0: Uh, that's it that's
1: all all right so one last thing before we wrap it up uh, our boy Tom DeLonge, he now that he's back sponsored by Fender guitars, they are re-releasing his signature Stratocaster. <laughs> um, so I think they're doing the seafoam green and then um. the yellow. Um, so they're gonna start popping up on. I, I think they already popped up uh, popped up on Sweetwater Music or something like that. And then um, he's been passing them out passing out free free guitars at the last like five Blink shows to random people in the audience. So yeah. It's incoming if you're interested you and get a, a custom, not a custom, but um, signature Tom DeLonge model, which hasn't been done, I think, since 2001. Thank God.
0: So, I'm tired of those fucking big ass.
1: I don't like any kind of big guitar. <laughs> Just don't like em. <laughs> I like I liked his his uh, his Gibsons. I did like those. The Starcaster is really cool, too. The new one he has. The Starcaster looks rad. It does, dude. Eh. Eh. It does. But, uh, yeah, Stratocatters. Stratocasters, get into it. I love my Strat. Stratocatters. I love my Stratocatters. I, I
0: like that you have that Strat also. It should have been
1: mine, but that's fine. Well, no, you didn't jump on it. That's. Well, I didn't know, so... Well. Bullshit, you didn't know. I didn't
0: here. know. He never said he was going to sell it. He said he was going to it at some point, and all of a sudden I go back, and it's like, it's gone. Oh, okay, cool, Tyler bought it. Knowing <laughs> that I, every time I go to fucking his house, I play it every single time. It's almost like he did it out of spite.
1: No, he didn't.
0: No... No, he didn't do that. I play at at Ryan's house. I played that more than you ever did. (laughs) He knew that. He knew I liked that guitar. Yeah, possibly. And he still didn't tell me that he was going to get rid of it. I mean, he did. He said, "Oh," but it was one of those things. Like, yeah, I'd sell it. Yeah, sure, sure. But never. Then like, I go back. It it was. uh,
1: It also wasn't Ryan's. It was his dad's.
0: Well, yeah, Ryan's dad. I played it for Ryan's dad in front of Ryan's dad with Ryan's dad. He knew I liked playing it. He knew I liked that guitar. Same with the Ampags, too. Same with the bass yeah. and his bass guitar.
1: He Damn, those I, I ampegs were that so shit. loud. Those I played all of loud. it. Yeah, I remember. I remember he that. Knew. Yeah. He knew.
0: He I, knew. I loved all that stuff, and he got rid of it. <laughs> well, behind
1: my back. Well, he didn't go behind your back. Come on, dude. Come he on. He did. I think he it paid like 300 bucks for it, too. He
0: never told me that he was serious about selling. He was always like, yeah, I would sell it. Sure, yeah, yeah. But that was never a serious thing. And I asked him for years. It wasn't like... The first time I asked him and then like it was gone. No, I asked him for years. I was like, do you love this I guitar? Love like let me know when you want to sell it. Oh, yeah, I might sell it one day. Gone.
1: Well it's not gone. It's in it's at my it's actually right next to me right now. <laughs> I actually brought the guitar me. over where I live right now. So I do have it in the room. <sighs> That's Anyway. Right. Anyway. That's, right. That's Owen okay. oh two. When some you lose um, him, I guess. Yeah, you do. You do. So that's all I got for the podcast. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into NWA and their records straight out of Compton. And uh, thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. <laughs>